Welcome to Marksman, a program for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ's likeness. I'm glad you're joining the program today. My name is Mark Spellman, your host. And again, we are so thankful to be sharing this time with you as we press into a life of Christ likeness. That is the goal of Christianity. It's allowing Christ to be formed in us. Like Romans 8:29, we have all been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so this program is for men who just want to come together in conversation and faith and support and 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 just together pressing in, pressing through all the the resistance that we receive in culture. Culture is trying to tell us what a man is. Culture is trying to tell us what a real man is. And I believe if there ever was a man's man, it was Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is a man's man because right now as we speak, right now as you're hearing this program, right now as I'm speaking and recording this program, there is a man at the right hand of the throne of God. <laughs> There's a man ruling the universes. There's a man ruling not only the heavens, but the earth. And there's a man whose name is Jesus, to whom every knee will bow. You either bow now or you bow later. I'm so glad I have bowed my knee and bowed my heart in a joyful surrender and submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And therefore, having been born again, my delight, my pleasure is to be formed in Christ's own image. And Christ-likeness for you and I, that is the goal of Christianity. And that's what our marriages need. That's what our homes need. That's what the marketplace needs. That's what this nation needs. That's what this generation needs is men who will press into the image of Jesus, the image of being Christ-like, like Ephesians 5, loving our wives like Christ loved the church. Now, that's if you're married. And if you're not married, realize that is the goal of your marriage, is to give forth the image of Christ and the church. The great mystery Paul revealed in Ephesians 5 is revealed through marriage, through a man loving his wife and a wife honoring her husband. That beautiful dynamic is something that tells the world what it's like to be a Christian, what it's like to be in covenant love with the Savior of your soul, the Redeemer of your life, Jesus Christ. And we are we're the bride of Christ. There's a marriage supper being prepared, and it won't be long, and we'll we'll hear that trumpet, and we'll be called up, amen, like Revelation 4. Come up, come up. We're going to be called up when that trumpet sounds, and we're going to spend seven years at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then we will return with Him on white horses to come and rule and reign beginning in that millennial age. And praise be to God, this this glorious eternal life begins now, the moment your heart says yes to Jesus. And if your heart, or I should say, if in your heart you have not yet said yes to Jesus and made that joyful 
and glad surrender, then I encourage you to do that even now. Because we do believe that not only men who've been marked by Christ, we believe men are going to listen to this program who who may be just searching, searching, may just be seeking. What does it mean to be a Christian? What is this faith in Jesus Christ all about? What is Christianity all about? So if you haven't shared this program with your Christian brothers and your your brothers or your friends who are not followers of Christ, I encourage you to do so. They are welcome to listen. If you're listening to this program today and you've not yet made that commitment to Jesus, I'm glad you're listening. We're glad you're listening because this is all about the conversation that Jesus would want to have with you. And we're digging into the scriptures because the Bible is the word of God and the word of God is the will of God. And the Bible's a book full of God's thoughts. And so when we open the Bible and we get into it with faith and trust and hope, we begin to hear God speak to us. And so here on Marksman, we've been doing for several weeks a a series of studies out of the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And this is God's Hall of Fame. (laughs) We can call it that way. It's his Hall of Fame, Hebrews 11. It's a chapter where he highlights and mentions certain men, and there's women included, but he highlights certain men because of their faith. And he says, this one believed me. Like in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. That's verse 4. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he did not even see death. He was actually raptured. So there's two men, Enoch and Elijah, that did not see death. They actually were raptured. They were caught up. They were literally taken alive. And, of course, those are the two prophets that come back. You read about in the book of Revelation. And they do eventually get killed and then raised from the dead. So everyone will have uh, duly died who was born through the womb. So even Jesus Christ died and was raised again. So verse 6, it says, By faith it is impossible, or without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's why we come together here on the Marksman Podcast. It's because we believe God is a rewarder if we seek Him. And the reason we're studying these men's lives is because we're seeking Him. We're seeking our Father. We're seeking the Lordship of Jesus and Him as a man, as our Redeemer, as our Deliverer, as our Elder Brother, as our Savior, as our King, and as our Lord. Jesus Christ is the man's man. Amen. I want to hear somebody say that Jesus Christ is the man's man. And so all of these men goes on to talk about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. And we'll get all into all those later. We we have left off our previous episode finishing up with our conversation about Abraham. We did almost five. I think we did five episodes on the life of Abraham. And now today we're going to look at Isaac. We're going to start talking about Isaac, that son whom he received as as a supernatural birth. I mean, he was nearly 100 years old. His wife was 90 years old when Isaac was born, and it was quite a journey. If you missed any of those episodes, I encourage you to go back, just listen to those as you can, and kind of get caught up with us in the story. But we're just kind of going through the Hall of Fame here and just talking about these men 
because these men help us learn about the man, Jesus Christ. Because the man Jesus, the scriptures he had to find himself, because remember when Jesus was young, like 12 years old, um, his parents brought him to the, the temple. They went to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices, and then they left town. You know, it was a week-long feast, and then they left town. And in the big family caravan, they got like a day's journey and realized young Jesus was not with them. So they had to turn around, go back to Jerusalem, had to find out where he was. And there he was in the temple reasoning with the scribes and the Pharisees. And, of course, they grabbed him and they said, you know, what is this that you're doing? And the, the scribes and the Pharisees were just astounded by the questions he was asking. They were astounded at his understanding of the scriptures. And, you know, the, the mother Mary says, you know, Jesus, what, what did you do this to us? And he said, why, why are you so surprised? Didn't you know that I would have to be about my father's business? And so he was already... Uh, finding his identity, discovering who he was. And he had the Old Testament, what we know as the Old Testament, to do that. The Old Covenant Scriptures, the Old Covenant Prophets, the Old Covenant uh, Records of Genesis, you know, the Pentateuch of Genesis and Exodus and, and Joshua and Deuteronomy. You know, these passages of Scripture is where Jesus found himself found his identity, and likewise, we find our identity in the Word of God. And we, thank God, have the new covenant added, and we have Jesus Christ himself, the seed of Abraham, whom Isaac's life was a prophetic uh, foretelling of. So this life of Isaac is very prophetic, just like the life of Joseph and the life of David and the life of Moses. These men mentioned in the book of Hebrews 11, these men's lives give us understanding about who Jesus is. So we're not studying these men just like a history lesson. We're studying these men to discover who is Jesus. Because when we discover who Jesus is, then Jesus gets to tell us who we are. Just like it happened with uh, Simon in Matthew chapter 16. He got a revelation. He said, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said, Simon, you just got a revelation from our Father. Flesh and blood didn't teach you this, but this was revealed to you by my Father. And he said, now I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So Simon had his identity changed after he got a revelation of who Jesus was. And the same is true for you men all of you, all of us, every believer, male and female, when we discover who Jesus Christ is, then Jesus gets to be begin telling us who we really are. And so as we study the life of these different men in the Old Testament, these were the men that helped Jesus discover who he was. And so we can also discover things about ourselves even as we study the lives of these men's these men. So go with me back, if you would please, uh, to Hebrews eleven. And so we kind of sort of left off in verse nineteen. That's you know, if you start in verse uh, eight and go through nineteen in Hebrews eleven, those are all the passage and the verses about Abraham. And, of course, there's also some discussion about Sarah, his wife. 
But in verse 20, we have this one statement. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. I want to read that again. Verse 20, Hebrews 11. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So we're going to go back in the book of Genesis to chapter 24, and we're going to get a little bit of the backstory because that's just one statement, but my, 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 there's so much we can unpack from the journey of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, so that's what we're going to begin doing these next couple episodes, because how many times in Scripture do you hear God say, I am the God of your fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God clearly identifies with these three generations. God clearly identifies what with what started with Abraham, his covenant friend, what was brought to pass through his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob, who then wrestled with God and had his name changed and he became Israel. Jacob became Israel. So there's a lot of name changes that happen. Abram became Abraham. And of course, Jacob becomes Israel. And so there's something about a name change. Simon becomes Peter. And you know, all of us, according to the book of Revelation, there's coming a time for those who have overcome the, the promise is made by Jesus in one of the letters to the churches that I'm going to give that person a white stone. And in that stone, there's going to be a name written that only he who receives it and he who gives it knows. My, 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 what a promise. What a blessing. But it shows there's something about a name and there's something about words that are spoken. And I've touched on this lightly in, in previous episodes, but, you know, as men, it's so important what we're speaking in our homes. It's so important, first of all, what we speak about ourselves, what we speak over ourselves. What is the internal dialogue in our own thoughts, in our own minds? How do we think about ourselves? How do we look at ourselves? Because that internal dialogue ultimately becomes an external dialogue. And if your eye is not healthy, then not only will you not think good about yourselves, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible also says in Jesus' own word, you're going to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So how I love my wife is largely dependent upon how I love myself with the love God has for me and the reason God loves me, not this humanistic, secular you know, love yourself, love yourself. Not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about divine agape love, the kind of love that God has for me and God has for you that he was willing to give his son Jesus to redeem my life and redeem your life. That kind of love. Why does God love me? What is it about me he loves? And then learning that and loving myself with that same love. Because once I do that, then I can love my wife, you know, in a healthy way. Then I can love my children, my sons, my daughters in a healthy way, my grandchildren. Then when I go to work and I'm working with my brothers and, and I'm working with people, you know, strangers I don't even know, 
I'm able to love them from a healthy, redeemed, and restored place that I have found with Christ in God. And so as we begin to get into this, you know, this is this is about partnering with God, partnering with what God believes about us. And so here in Genesis chapter 4, we're going to pick it up because it says Isaac blessed Jacob. So when we last left off, you know, it, they just had the the child Isaac. And then in verse chapter 22, they, by faith, Abraham went up to sacrifice him. And God saw his, his heart of reverent fear and his heart of surrender and submission. And God said, no, you don't have to kill him. And there was the ram caught in the thicket and they, you know, they sacrificed the ram and Isaac lived and and all of that was taking place, we talked about in the previous episode. But now, our little passage in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 20, just says, and now Isaac blessed Jacob. So now, <laughs> Isaac's already having a child. And I just think we need to go back and pick up some of the journey. Because there's a lot of family, I like to call it family drama, that takes place in God's family. These generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and sometimes we can think that these godly families, these families that have such generational impact, and think about how famous these generations are, because these are referenced all throughout your Bible. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and yet, in these generations, not everything was perfect. We don't just have a Facebook Bible or an Instagram Bible or a social media Bible where all we have is the highlights. We don't see any of the struggle. We don't see any of the pain. We don't see any of the dysfunction. We don't see any of the betrayal. We don't see any of the disappointment and the hurt. Yet, when we get into these chapters, starting in chapter 24, we're going to begin to see some family drama. And we're going to see God's redemptive plan for man not be stopped. And it's not that God excuses dysfunction. It's not that God excuses the pain or makes light of the pain. But His love is greater than the pain. His love is greater than the betrayal. His love is greater than any of these setbacks or these sidesteps or these... Sometimes we get on a road that we should have never gotten on. I mean, I'm sure all of you men, you've been taking road trips and as good as GPSs are, sometimes they glitch and you find yourself on a road you, you're not supposed to be on. And you got to either find a way back to the path or you got to find a way to just reverse and go back. However you correct it, you know, you got to recalculate, you got to recalibrate your, your journey And that's what we see in these generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when we read about, in verse 20 of Hebrews 11, Isaac just blessing Jacob, that almost seems like a real sterile laboratory version of what's happening. But there's a lot of of journey that we can kind of go back and study, and we can learn how God's redemptive love can take where we're at, can take where our family's at, take where our life's at, 
and and know that God's not intimidated by how I might have screwed up my life or how I might have screwed up my finances or how I might have hurt my children or how I might have hurt my wife or how I might have you know lost that job or lost that career or or, or maybe you got laid off you know we just came through a couple years of the pandemic and and you know maybe maybe you you've lost your job maybe your job got you know it's not mandatory or whatever. You know, these these things are real. These things happen to lives and families and men. And it, it could have been you. And so here we are thinking, God, where are you? Do you still have a plan? Is there any redemption? And it's like when, you know, Jacob and Esau were, you know, receiving that blessing. You know, Jacob had actually stolen the the blessing from his brother. And then his brother, when he came, was like, oh, Father, Isaac, don't you even have a blessing left for me? Well, yes, he does. Our Father has a lot of blessing. But as we get into the study, let's not lose sight of the fact that when we read in Hebrews 11, and we read verse 20 where it just says, Isaac blessed Jacob. Let's realize we're talking about spoken words. See, Abraham words. Abraham received words that were spoken from God. And those words that God spoke over Abraham is what we call the blessing. The blessing. In fact, if you've watched any of our family mission um, programs, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, or one of these podcasts, a lot of times we'll close. I don't necessarily do it on the marksman, but you know, a lot of times we'll close with the... Uh, high priestly blessing, the Aaronic blessing, which says, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. See, those are words that we speak. And see, the words we speak over our wives, our, our sons and daughters, the words we speak over our vocation and the and the people we work with, just the words we speak over ourselves. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so we have to choose our words wisely. We can't just speak words that have nothing in them. They either have life or they have death. There's no empty words. And so that's why in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, we're going to give an account for every idle word that we speak. So, and he goes on to say, because by our words will be justified and by our words will be condemned. And so, now I know we're taking a little extra time on today's program and we haven't really dug a lot into the life of Isaac and we're going to, but all of this is like the setup. It's like when you go golf and you got to tee the ball up, you know, before you, before you swing it. And if you're maybe a person familiar with felling trees, you know, sometimes to cut a tree down, you got to cut a cut away a lot of undergrowth, maybe smaller trees, smaller foliage, so that when the tree lands, you can you can get to it, you can access it. And so some of this today may be just kind of clearing away so that now that we're segueing from Abraham into Isaac and Jacob, there's just we're just kind of clearing this up because a lot of this hinges on the power of words, words that are spoken. Because what comes to pass in Isaac's life is because of what Abraham spoke and prophesied over him. What comes to pass in Jacob's life, and even Esau's, is because of what Isaac 
spoke and declared and prophesied over them, what, how they were blessed by their parents and their grandparents. And so again, let's just take a, an honest assessment. Let's just take an honest look at what are the words we're speaking over ourselves what is the words we're speaking over our homes, our families? What is the words we're speaking over our future? What are the words we're speaking over our past? I mean, have we really put to death our past? Have we really allowed ourselves to be crucified with Christ and just say our past is dead? Our past is gone. I'm not just forgiven. My sins have been cleansed, washed away, put into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. Because that's what Philippians 3 is all about, which is really the platform for marksmen, where Paul says, I have learned one thing, and that is to forget what is behind so I can press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so that's what this is all about. What's what marksman is all about. God's wanting to encourage us men to forget the past, let go of the past. Even if other people haven't let go, even if your spouse hasn't let go, even if your children haven't let go, make sure you let go. Let your redeemed identity, let your, your righteousness that you wear because of the gift of Christ and the gift of salvation, let that righteousness be a secure identity that you have in Him. And love from that place. Love your wife from that place. Love your sons and daughters from that place. Love your grandchildren from that place. Go to work and do your work from that place. Do life from that place. Go on vacation from that place, that place in Christ. And so how we speak over our past and, and speak the fact that our past is dead, our, our sins are forgiven, our sins have been cleansed. Behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world and took away my sins. You know, I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Behold, all things are become new. So what I speak over my past, what I speak over my future, and then from that healthy place, what I speak over my spouse, what I speak over my sons and daughters, what I speak in my home, what I speak over my vocation and my career, what I speak over my life is so critical because in our words, Proverbs 18, 31, in our words, in with our tongue, we have the power of life and the power of death. We have the power to bless and we have the power to curse. And so as we go further into this study of Isaac and Jacob, the son and grandson of Abraham, we're going to be focusing a lot on what was said that blessing, because it was that blessing that allowed these next two generations to stay on course through all the mistakes, through all the pain, through all the betrayal, through all the disappointment, through all the setbacks, <laughs> through all the struggles, through all the sleepless nights, through all the agony, through all the frustration, the blessing was not stopped. Somebody say that the blessing was not stopped.
and there has been a blessing released upon your life through your faith in Jesus Christ because you have been marked by Christ. There's a circumcision of your heart. There's a circumcision of my heart. And in the realm of the Spirit, you can see the scar. You might not see it in the natural. It's not. That's why baptism is so important. Bapti- baptism, water baptism is the outward evidence of that inward work that I died with Christ and I raised up together with Him in newness of life. That baptism is the representation that I've allowed the Holy Spirit to convict my heart and to convince me of my sin. And I've allowed Holy Spirit to put that robe of righteousness on me and that ring of authority on me and those shoes of purpose back on my feet. I mean, there's in the realm of the Spirit, there's a scar. There's evidence that we have been marked by Christ. And so the blessing that's on our life, in fact, um, rather than digging into Genesis 24 today, um, let's just go to Galatians chapter 3. And we'll wrap up here today, and we'll have a fresh start with Genesis 24 when we come back together on Marksman. But I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I'm so thankful for Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into the truth. And I just felt like, obviously, the Holy Spirit directed today's conversation a little bit different than maybe even I had planned. But, you know, this isn't about what I planned. When, when we do our podcast here at Family Mission, you know, and whether that's The Marksman, whether it's uh, my son's podcast, Roar, or whether it's our Family Mission podcast, or my wife just launched this year, Crowned in His Glory. And it's a, it's a podcast similar to this, only it's for women, young and old. You know, all of these conversations we do We endeavor to be led by the Holy Ghost. It's not just about what we want to say, what we plan to say. We just trust the rivers of living water to flow from the throne of God, flow through our heart, flow through this conversation, and minister to you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to cheer you on in your walk, in your journey, in your home, in your faith, in your marriage, in your fathering. You know, because not only do we father naturally, many of you could be spiritual fathers. You can not only father like me, my own sons, I got two sons, I'm not only their natural father, I'm their spiritual father. They they came to faith in the home. And so I'm not only a natural father, I'm a spiritual father. But sometimes we're able to reach out and, and lead others to the Lord, and, and, and we can become a father figure to them. There's a lot of young men who don't have a father figure in their life. And, and it's one of the most tragic things is the, the fatherless children that are out there, the, the, the boys and girls who don't have a healthy father figure in their life so that they can find their heavenly father and come to faith through Jesus Christ. So let's go to Galatians chapter 3. I I had you turn there. We're going to wrap up today's program in Galatians chapter 3. Because here it talks about, you know, the blessing. Here in Galatians chapter 3, let's pick it up. uh, 
verse 26 through the end of the chapter, Galatians 3, 26 through 29, it says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You've been marked by Christ. For as many of of you as were baptized into Jesus, you have put on Christ. You've been marked by Christ, and you've been robed in His righteousness. Like the prodigal son in Luke 15, you've, you've got that robe restored to you. You've got that ring on your finger. You've got sandals on your feet. So your value, your identity, and your purpose have been redeemed and restored. So, verse 27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Now, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. In other words, it makes no difference (laughs) what side of the tracks you grew up on. makes no difference what your financial status is. makes no difference what your color of your skin is. This is not about this. This supersedes all that. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. This isn't a gender issue either. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, the promise was the blessing where God told Abraham, look up, if you can count the stars, you can count your your seed, your offspring. If you can count the um, sand on the shore, you can count your offspring. So it's kind of like natural and spiritual. You got the stars representing Abraham's spiritual seed, that's you and I, and you got the sand on the shore, that's Abraham's natural seed, the nation of Israel. But we're all blessed by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then, of course, I always add Jesus. So the generations of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jesus, it all got wrapped up and consummated and fulfilled through the, the life of one man, Jesus Christ, the last Adam. And so now we have come to faith in God through him, and we can learn from these other men's lives. We can learn from their generations, because as we see their generations go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, we see that the blessing holds God's plan on course. And so I just want to encourage you today before we sign off that God can hold your life on course. And if your life has taken a sidestep or you've had a major setback or you're just in a, a dry season where you just don't you just don't feel much, you just don't have much fire or passion, well, I'm praying right now for just a fresh anointing to come upon you. I'm praying for a fresh fire to be stoked in your heart because the blessing of the Lord is upon you. If you have been marked by Christ, if you have said yes to Jesus, and you have come home in your heart to your Father, your Heavenly Father, that He has blessed you. And I am going to speak that blessing over you that He gave to the high priest Aaron. And of course, our high priest is Jesus. He's our high priest. And so I'm going to release those words, those words of blessing and approval See, sometimes as men, we're seeking approval. 
We seek it through what we do, the work we do, the hobbies we have, the achievements we have, and the the woman we marry, and the children we have, and the grandchildren we have. And sometimes it's still seeking that approval. And yet, the only approval that really matters and truly lasts forever is the approval of God. And that's what the life of Jesus is telling you today. You have been approved by God. And when you hear about this blessing in a moment where it says God, he smiles upon you and he lifts up his countenance upon you. If you've ever done flying in the old days, back when you could actually walk to the gate, you know, a lot of times you'd pick up your loved ones from the gate or you'd be taking a trip and you'd show up, you know, at grandma's or, or, you know, a loved one's, you know, city or whatever. And they come to pick you up and you step out the, the little you know, the little tunnel that you come out of of the plane and and there's your loved ones and they see you and you see them and, and you smile and they smile. That's what I want you to think about when you hear this blessing, that God is smiling upon your life, men of God. He's smiling upon you. And like Jesus came out of the waters of baptism, the Father spoke, Behold my Son, in whom I am well pleased. I want you to know, men, That in Christ Jesus, and through your faith in Christ Jesus, and through saying yes to Jesus, and through coming home in your heart, the Father's well pleased. And He is smiling. He was smiling the day you returned, and He's smiling every day on you. So may the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you, and lift up His countenance upon you, and give you peace.